Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. We are forever grateful. We are forever thankful. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You can put your hands together for verses of life. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to church this Easter Sunday. Amen to your neighbor. Happy Easter. Amen. What a day to be in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your two feet walking fine, can you stand for the reading of the word? Amen. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Amen. Isaiah 53. We have a lot of things to do today. There's going to be communion. And then... um, So, just pay attention to the word now. Have you found Isaiah 53 yet? Isaiah 53, and then I'm going to pick from verse. Let me read from, you can read the whole chapter because of time. I pick from verse 7. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was laid as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Not the Roman soldier, but it was the father that wounded his son. It was God that wounded Jesus. It was God that did it to him. It wasn't man. It says, and he did not only do it, he was happy doing it. That is why I need to figure out what will make a good God kill his son and is happy doing it. Amen? Let's reverse 10 together again. Because some of you are looking at me funny. So let's read it together. Verse 10. Yet, what happened? It pleased to do what? To bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 11, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquity. Let's read verse 12 together. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, 
and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercessions for the transgressors. Father, help us to value the sacrifice in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning and the subject is I can't be held down. I can't be held down. That means uh, it's a bold declaration that no matter what hell throws at me, I am not a candidate to be victimized. I can't be kept down. There is nothing that life throws at me. There is nothing that the enemy cooks up today or tomorrow and forever that has the capacity to push me down and actually reduce me to nothing. Why? We are noticing that something very, very awful is happening to the Son of God. Why would God be pleased to bruise his son? Because until we understand the enormity of the sacrifice, then we will definitely minimize, disvalue, or abuse the sacrifice. Are you listening to me, somebody? It is important that we understand that wherever there is sacrifice, then there are also going to be a demand of responsibility on whoever the sacrifice is being offered for. The word sacrifice and responsibility seems to be a word that is missing in our world today, in our generation. We are losing sight of the word sacrifice and responsibility. But I want to announce to you this morning that in the kingdom, the word sacrifice and responsibility is strongly alive. You got to understand that. Salvation is expensive. It's expensive. It costs God something for you to be seated right here in your right mind. It cost him something. It cost him his son. If you understand the cost and the price that was paid for something, if you are truly a child of God or an individual who understands that when something is expensive, then you're better value it. Otherwise, there will be a consequence for not valuing it. I listen to me, somebody. If I scrub the floor to pay your school fees, you better read your books in school. If I stay up night, just working and providing for the family, you, at least you can give me the list of respect. If there is a sacrifice, there ought to be a responsibility on your side if he kill his son. Then I got to know what is in this son of God that he killed and was happy doing it so that I don't live a life as though no one actually sacrificed for me. As a child of God, the Bible made it so clear that uh, uh, in Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, verse 1, Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself or present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. In order for you to experience transformation, 
you got to understand what sacrifice really is. Sacrifice is very important. And that is why when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt, he paid an enormous sacrifice to bring them out. And when they went into the wilderness, the Bible declares that in Romans chapter 9, he was upset and angry with them. Why? Because they did not value his sacrifice. He said, I brought you out to take you somewhere. I didn't bring you out to keep you in the same condition where you were. I brought you out to do you good. There is a land flowing with milk and honey that I'm taking you to. And I want you to understand that I am not stopping halfway. I'm taking you all the way. So believe me, if I brought you out of sin, if I deliver you from the works of the devil, then certainly I am taking you to the place your responsibility is to believe me. If you don't believe, if you don't understand the price that was paid, you will devalue yourself with sin. You will devalue yourself because if you are given so much privilege in life, guess what? You're in America. Hallelujah. You have been given so much privilege, you better take advantage of the privilege that has been given to you by Christ Jesus. Amen? Are you listening to me, somebody? Very, very important because we are going to understand that we are not only celebrating Jesus Christ resurrecting. Guess what? This is just a memorial service. This is just an event to remember what has been done over 2,000 years ago. The question I want to ask you today, or one of the questions I'm going to ask you today is, after over 2,000 years ago, the price that has been paid, have you been enjoying the product he paid for you? Because Kenny Hagen told a story of a man who went on a cruise. As he paid his ticket, because of ignorance, he did not know that his ticket covered for his meal. Everything was paid for when he paid his ticket for the cruise. Unfortunately, he didn't know because that was probably his last money and he wanted to just have a good time. So he went on board and the whole trip, his next door neighbor noticed this man was never going out to the lunch. He was never going out to the restaurant. He was constantly just staying in his room. And so one day, he knocked on his door. Excuse me, sir. What a believer you are fasting on all this trip. What's going on? He said, no, I'm not fasting. I don't have money to go eat. He said, no, you don't need to pay to eat. When you paid, bought your ticket, you paid for the food. Tell your neighbor, it's been fully paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your health has been fully paid for. Your progress has been fully paid for. Your joy has been fully paid for. He intended for you when you say, Lord, I surrender to you as my Lord and Savior. He paid for it that day for you so that you don't have to be a victim. 
victim of life anymore. The problem though is when I don't know, just like this man, I can be on a journey of life and just be throwing pity parties because I don't know what has been paid for. But I want to announce to you that this Sunday will be the beginning of your life knowing what has been fully paid for, but not only that, that you begin to enjoy what has been fully paid for. By salvation, the Romans says, uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good for those who are called by God, who are called unto his purpose. All things work together for good to all those who are called according to his purpose. Then he goes on to say, he says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be confirmed to the image of his son. This is where the issue is. Whom he foreknew, he did what? He predestined to be what? To be confirmed or to be just like Jesus. So, we want to learn some things today. Because I don't want you to leave this service today and go to lunch celebrating Easter and then life keeps on going the same way. Because you need some understanding. It says, when you were called, he programmed you to be like Jesus. In other words, God is expecting you and I to be like Jesus. God is expecting you and I to talk, to think, to act, to behave like Jesus. Are you listening to me, somebody? Now, that is not all you need to know. Because if you stop there, you might be surprised at life. Because Satan also knows the programming. And so, what Satan does is, he treats you as if you are Jesus. Are you listening to me, somebody? Satan sees you as Jesus. Remember, you were predestined to be confirmed to the image of a what? Of a son. Go some more. That he might do what? That he might be the firstborn. How? Among many brethren. So this firstborn, the devil knew he had the DNA of God. And definitely the secondborn cannot carry another DNA. Amen? So let's go some more. Now, once you understand this concept that God sees me like Jesus, God expects me to behave like Jesus, and Satan sees me like Jesus, which means whichever way he treated Jesus, he's going to treat me the same way. Okay? The devil is treating some of us, many of us, or everybody here like Jesus. The problem is that you don't know it. And that is why you're wondering, I don't have a job. Why is my life still messed up? I'm still believing God for this. Why is all this trouble coming against me? The devil can't trust you because he knows he made a mistake one time and that son threw a bad punch on him. He has not recovered yet. 
So he's treating you the same way. Now, since we know that, we need to understand that if he is risen, and I also is risen based on scriptures, then I have to understand the process. I got to understand the process. Resurrection is not for the living. Resurrection is for the dead. If you're not dead, don't expect to rise. If you're not dead, do not expect to do what? To rise. Because only the dead are raised. Which means God expects you to die to self. He expects you to die to your will. To die to your own pride. To die to yourself. That you, henceforth you begin to live for other people because that is the greatest living that you can live if you must experience resurrection. Are listen to me somebody? Because there will be no resurrection until someone dies. It says in John chapter 12 verse 24, John 12, 24, the hour has come to glorify the son of man. Assuredly, Except the corn of wheat falls down and die, he abides alone. But if he dies, it will do what? It produces much grain. So, until I understand how God sees me, and I understand how the devil sees me, and in that regard, I begin to live my life for others, which brings me to this point. Jesus was born by purpose, for a purpose, and he lived and died on purpose. So you and I, we have to what? Understand that we were born again on purpose, for a purpose, and we got to live our life for a purpose. So, in that case, if I'm going to see resurrection now, the first thing I want you to understand today and probably go home with is this. You must become a seed. You must what? Become a seed. It is a seed that the enemy is treating bad. It is a seed that needs to go down. Jesus Christ understood this concept. Because you see, when you have become a seed, Now you have carried the potential of resurrection. Because it is mere foolishness for you to think that bearing a seed is ending the life of that seed. Seeds can't be buried. Seeds cannot be buried. Jesus Christ said, he is the seed of Abraham. He understood that. Number two, he says, except a seed, a grain, falls down and dies, there will be no glorification. Now, you got to have this concept in your mind that my dream is my seed. My purpose is my seed. And I have to die to that purpose. When I live for my purpose, then the power of God is directed towards me to experience resurrection. What are you living for? Because until you die for something, you don't expect any resurrection. Okay? We're going somewhere. 
And so we see this mindset and mentality in Jesus Christ and what happened. That was what took him to the cross. So let's go to Matthew 27 and see what happened in Matthew 27. Are you there? I have a guarantee that when I become a seed, I'm definitely going to be pursued by the devil. The devil will seek to harass me, but there is something that God has already planned and arranged that no matter what happens to a seed, the seed is designed to resurrect. The Bible says we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Glory be to God. Well, you don't find a tree just by itself. There ought to be a seed that became a tree. Amen? Matthew what? 27. And let's look at verse. Matthew 27. And we're going to verse. Wow, long reading. 59. We're still going to come back to this, but let's do this now. Are you there? When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen, linen cloth, and laid it in his new tomb, tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled the large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. Verse 62. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise. Amen? We're trying to understand, since the devil will treat me like Jesus, I got to know what I need to do in order to also rise when the enemy pushes me down. When life pushes you down, you got to know what to do. And we are seeing here that Jesus Christ was saying some things before he died. So you are not only to be a seed, you need to begin to declare and decree your future before the assault comes to you. You remember? Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. When he died, the only thing they remembered was the things that he said. I want to ask you, what do people remember about you? Even now that you're still alive. What do you say? When people see you, do they see that complaining person? When they see you, do they see that grudging sense of God? Or what kind of words come out of your mouth as a child of God? The Bible said, we remember he said, after three days he will rise. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the what? The third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people he has risen from the dead. So the, the last deception will be worse than the first. Now listen to what Pilate said. Pilate said to them, you have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. 
He gave them permission to secure it however way they know how to do. Right? So what happened? They went, so they went and did what? And made the tomb secure, doing what? Sealing the stone and setting a guard. They completely sealed the tomb. Some of us, in our journey, it looks like we get to the place where the enemy has sealed your life. He has completely barricaded you and blocked every good thing from approaching you. He has blocked every favor coming to you. But you see, it doesn't matter how sealed the tomb is. Because the enemy must be so smart, otherwise... How do you actually seal the tomb of a man who is dead? If I'm not going anywhere, if I have all this trouble around me, how come the devil won't even give me a breathing space? The, the devil knows that there's something in me that the seed never stays down. Glory be to God. So anytime you see the enemy blocking and caging you, just know resurrection is right around the corner. Amen? Amen? Anytime you see trouble left, right, and center as a child of God, just know resurrection is right around the corner. Don't let the devil fool you by the troubles because the reason why he's troubling you is because he wants to make sure he suppresses you. But I hear the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning from verse 20. Acts chapter 2 and verse 20. Because God does not ever allow anything to come to you that he has not made provision for your escape. The Bible says, for there is no temptation that has taken us, but such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, who will not allow you to suffer beyond that which you can bear, he will make a way with the same temptation. Glory be to God. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what will happen to him? Mm-hmm. Glory be to God. Go to verse 22. Men of Israel, hear this word. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Go on. Him, what happened? How? Let's read that part. He being what? How? Uh huh. Oh. So everything that happened was not a surprise to heaven. It was a script. Your life is a script. It says it was delivered by the predetermined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless act. Hence, have crucified and put to death. Verse 24 is where we're going. Whom God did what? Raise up. Haven't lose the pains of death because what happened? 
It was not possible. Tell your neighbor, it's impossible for me to be held down. I'm just like a plastic ball on the pool. You can't push me down. You have to put your hand there forever for me not to pop up again. If you stay in the world, it doesn't matter what is pushing you down. You just be like a plastic ball on top of water. That no matter how much force is exerted upon it, it will still rise again. The Bible says it was impossible for the grave to hold him down. Let me tell you a story. Many, many years ago, by the purpose of God for his calling upon my life, it was designed for us to be in the United States. And after different attacks and harassment of the devil, we came to the last phase of getting our visas to travel. And on this particular night, the the next day, I was told to go back to the visa office so we could get our visa. In the night, God opened my eyes and I saw a massive whirlwind blowing in the American embassy in Nigeria. And the Lord told me, that is the agent of Satan that has located or been sent to the embassy and is looking for your passport and your wife's passport so that by the next morning, you won't, they won't find your passport and they won't find your visa. He says, stand up and pray. And I began to pray. This happened at 2 a.m. When I woke up, I kept praying until 5 a.m. By 5 a.m., as I was saying, amen, thank you, Jesus, I heard this sound. The voice of God said to me, and the grave could not hold him captive. Let me say to you, somebody, if your journey is a journey of purpose, if what you are desiring to become and to do is of God, the grave cannot hold you captive. Are you listening to me, somebody? If where you're going is of God, is what you have been praying for is of God, don't let the devil deceive you that he has actually cornered you. He says, seal the tomb, block everything, and let's see how this man will come out. But it doesn't matter how it was sealed because God can do the impossible in the midst of impossible situation. Glory be to God. That means if you are sick in your body, don't worry about the history of the problem. Just remember that right from Ezekiel 37, God has been a specialist in raising dead. Glory be to God. The grave cannot keep you down. Life can't keep you down. Circumstances can't keep you down because God is determined to bring you out of your challenges. Don't ever allow your age or wherever you are right now to mean it is over. That's why I love the word of God. Because the Bible has revealed to us that God has crossed different age brackets and did things that is unbelievable. Glory be to God. How do I access this power? It's important. Because Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, he says... After I heard that you became born again, I do not cease to mention your name in prayer. I pray every day that God will give you the spirit of revelation and understanding in the knowledge of him. Going to verse 22, it says, and to know the the exceeding greatness of his power. 
to know the exceeding greatness of his power, which is what? Go back to verse 19. To know and what is the what? Exceeding greatness of his power where? Towards us who believe. Let's see what kind of power is that. That kind of power is in harmony or in sync to the one that he'll walk in his mighty power. Verse 20, which he did what? He walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Remember, I told you, God sees you as Jesus. Satan will treat you as Jesus. Life is treating you as Jesus. So God decided to release or point the same power that raised Jesus from the dead towards you. You are alive, but he has released the same kind of power that raised a dead man. So the question you need to ask yourself as a child of God, if this power raised a dead man, can't he raise my marriage? Can he raise my business? Can he raise my children? Can he raise my desire? Can he quicken my body? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, that same spirit living us, that spirit will quicken our mortal body. So whatever is wrong in my body, I need to activate the power. It says that power is directed towards you and me. And that is why when Jesus Christ died on the cross, Matthew 27 verse 50, the Bible says when he cried and gave up the ghost, the veil in the temple, what was? Was torn into two. So that now you and me have access into where? The holiest of all. That's why when you come to church, don't just stay in the altar court. Because many believers for 50, 30, 20, 15 years keep going to church. All they do, they just stay in the altar court. They never transition into the holy place. Neither would they dare go into the holiest of all. But you see, in Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible says in the holiest of all, that's why we have the golden pot. We have, that is golden destiny. If you can enter into the holiest of all, you're entering into golden places. Then it says we have manna. What is manna? That was what they ate. Manna is endless supply. After this Easter Sunday, somebody is entering into a realm of endless supplies in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I listen to me somebody. But you see, what you need to do, remember the veil has been torn open. Your job is to go as far as that. That's what, during praise and worship, don't be a spectator. Join in the worship. Join in the experience because it is a requirement for you to enter into the holiest of all. If you enter into the holiest of all, you gain access to the covenant, which is what makes you have dominion in life. I listen to me, somebody. You need a revelation to access the power of God. This power has been insulated in the mystery. Amen? The power of God is insulated in the mystery. And some people, that won't let them connect with the power. Every electrical cable you see carries great power in it. But it is insulated so that you can hold it and it won't do anything. Many people have been holding the Bible and the power in the Bible is not transmitting into them. There is power in the word. 
But you have to gain access into that power. How? By revelation. So in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. Put Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. We're going to close from there. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, what happened? Worthy is the lamb who was slain to do what? So these are the treasures behind the veil. Are you listening to me? These are the treasures behind the veil. When you access the holiest of all, you have access to the treasures that are behind the veil. So resurrection, matter of fact, after resurrection, according to the Bible, the dead men, many dead men, saints of old, who had died thousands of years in Jerusalem, the Bible says they are graves. And they came out. We're not talking about mere power. We're talking about the power that raised a dead man. You see, our salvation is not based on how many days he stayed in the grave. Otherwise, Lazarus should be our Jesus. I listen to me, somebody. If it was based on the longevity of how long he stayed in the grave, then Lazarus should be our reference. But no. It is Jesus. Why? It is the mystery of Trinity that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all together, they team together to save you and I from sin and debauchery. So that you should no longer live in that bondage. He paid all of that price to receive power, to receive riches, to receive wisdom, to receive strength, and what? Honor and blessings. Is that what he said? Go some more. He receives strength, honor, and glory, and what? And blessings. This is why the father was pleased to bruise his son. He allowed his son to be killed so that you should never, for any reason, be in shame. He allowed his son to be killed for you so that if you can access these treasures, your life will be heaven and earth. That was his intention. His intention is not for you to de- be delivered from Egypt and your life is just as if you are still in Egypt. Are you listening to me, somebody? He delivered you from Egypt so you don't live as if you are still in Egypt. Otherwise, why did he deliver me? Why am I born again and there is no reflection of my new kingdom in my life? That's a problem. But today I know when you press hard to get insight and revelation to the fact that the price has been paid, then you, number one, become a seed. Because a seed cannot be buried. A seed cannot be planted. And if you are in a phase and in a season in your life that you are being planted now, your dreams are being planted, your marriage desire is being planted, your job is being planted, your career is being planted, don't let anybody deceive you to go dig out the seed from the ground by complaining. (laughs) Amen? Don't dig the seed out because... If you are being planted, then wait for your resurrection. Amen? 
everybody here is in different seasons of their lives. Amen? If you are in your planting season, don't let the person who is harvesting just torture you by their testimony. Are you listening to me, somebody? Because you are going to rise again. The Bible says there is hope for a tree that is cut down. There is hope for a tree that is cut down that at the scent of water, it will sprout again. Glory be to God. So it doesn't matter what has cut you down in life when you understand that the grave could not hold Jesus down and you are alive and the same power that raised him is directed towards you. The same power is inside of you if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you know I am coming out. Tell your neighbor I'm coming out. I'm coming out of this situation. I am coming out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So access is required. Understanding is required. And if I have that understanding, I need to boldly declare constantly with my mouth. I cannot go down. I cannot stay down. It doesn't matter what's happening. That's why I've told you before. At best, the enemy's best shot at me is three days. That's it. I keep, I've been saying it for years and it's been working. If I were you, I would copy the same thing. That it doesn't matter what hits me. At best, I can only be down for three days. Are you listening to me, somebody? Can you say that? At best, the enemy can only keep me for three days. It doesn't matter what happens around me. At best, the devil can only mess with me for three days. After three days, I'm coming out. After three days, I'm living. After three days, it's my resurrection. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. After three days, favor will come to me. Are you listening to me? See, these are the things you need to say, just like they said about Jesus Christ. He said, he said, when he was alive, that after three days, he will rise. You know why? Because Jesus Christ read the Bible, he knew it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, a man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruits of his lips. And the power of death and life is in the tongue. I can kill what I want to kill. I can make alive whatever I want to make alive. My stomach can be satisfied in life by my mouth. Glory be to God. That means if you're not feeding well in life, check what is coming out of your mouth. Don't check your bank account. If you're not feeling well in life, don't check the doctors. No, check what is coming out of your mouth. As a child of God, what is coming out of your mouth determines how you live in life. Glory be to God. Jesus Christ, the firstborn, was resurrected not just because of the power, but because he already decreed after three days. I'm coming out. Tell your neighbor, after three days, I'm out. (laughs) After three days, I'm coming out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Where we read in Acts chapter 2, it says, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's going to be communion time now. I'm going to bring Pastor Dominic to serve the communion. But before we do that, all eyes close. The communion is blood transfusion. It's a spiritual blood transfusion. 
And that's why the Bible says those who don't take it well, they actually fall sick, they become weak, and then what happens? Some even die because it wasn't taken the proper way. I need you to understand that you have to be in the family to enjoy this blood transfusion. Just like in medical science, uh, blood might be very perfect and good, but if it's not the same blood group and you allow it to go into you, it can ruin your life. If you are not a child of God, don't partake the communion. But it's simple. Don't harden your heart today. It's just a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. All eyes closed. If you are here this morning, and you know that you are not in a good standing place with Jesus Christ. It says in his word, the reason why you are in church is because you know that you need to come to the clinic. Amen? The church is a clinic. If you find anybody in a clinic every week, in and out, and they tell you, well, I just like going there. Something is wrong with them. Is that not true? Uh, you, you don't just, the clinic is not where you want to go and hang out. Amen? Uh, so if you have been coming to church, you understand that you need cleansing. You need the washing of God. So don't come here just to hang out. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you're here, you're backslidden, I need you, yeah, hold on first. Let's, let's, let's pray this prayer. Praise God. Amen. Somebody is coming out. Amen. Put your hands together for this man. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Anybody else? You want to connect to the grace? You want to connect so you can partake of this communion that will turn your life around? What a historic day for you to give your life to Jesus Christ or to come back to the place of fellowship. Any more person, anyone like that wants to come forward? Hallelujah. All right, everybody is in good standing. If you are living in sin, please and please is simple. Don't worry about who, whatever anybody thinks. It's your relationship with God. Amen? It's you and God. Amen? I've been a pastor's kid since I was born, but there was a day I had to come out. Because living in a pastor's house, born by a pastor, doesn't mean I'm born again. Amen? Uh, the firstborn was not on purpose. You did not decide that. So sometimes you wish your family was not your family because certain things that go wrong. But you see, now you have the choice to pick the family you want to come out from. That is what salvation is all about. I pick to be in the family of Jesus Christ. Anyone like that? Are you standing for the prayer? Come forward. Don't, don't be ashamed. Put your hands together for her. Come on. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Put your hands together for her. Amen. Hallelujah. She's making a decision of a new family. A new family. A new family. Hallelujah. A new family. Glory be to God. Amen. Just stand right here. Very simple. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. You're going to repeat this prayer after me. Can you pray this prayer after me? Lift up your hands before God. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. As a sinner, I surrender. Because your word says, whosoever shall call upon you shall be saved. Therefore today, save me from the life of sin. Deliver me from bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. From today, I believe with the whole of my heart 
that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that he came and died for my sins that I might be justified. Therefore, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my master from today on in Jesus name. Amen. Let me pray for you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, this decision is established. Satan, these ones have been delivered from your kingdom and they have been translated into the kingdom of God. Therefore, I decree today that this decision is permanent. No force of darkness can pull you back anymore in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you. God bless you. Oh my God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Welcome. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll talk to you right after the service. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Happy Easter. What a message. What a message. My prayer today is I will take to heart what we heard this morning and go out there and make things to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, please open with me to 1 Corinthians. We are taking our communion. We are taking our communion. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 15 and verse 55. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'll read from verse 55. I'm trusting God that uh, this life that begins today with you will go places, that things will begin to happen in your life from today in the name of Jesus Christ. Because as long as Satan couldn't hold Jesus down in the grave, he can never hold you down. Amen. Bible says in verse 55, O death, where is your strength? O Hades, where is your victory? The strength of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where I'm coming to. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor, your coming to church every Sunday is not in vain in the Lord. As long as Satan couldn't hold Jesus down, you cannot be held down. As long as things didn't happen contrary to what Jesus predicted, Nothing will happen contrary to what you predict. As long as you can say, this is who I will be, there is no demon yet made or born that can change your story. The event of Easter is the reason why we can stand and say we are believers. If Easter, if resurrection didn't happen, you and I have no business being in this assembly today and say we are proclaiming the resurrection Sunday. But because Jesus said, I will die and in three days, check me out. 
I'll be resurrected. He came out. What will you do with Easter? When a particular area of sin look attractive to you and feel weak and unable to do anything. What will you do with Easter? When you have been betrayed by someone who loved you so much, who claimed to you that he loved you, and yet, when it matters most, he betrayed you, and you are looking for vengeance. What will you do with Easter when you have been struggling in your marriage, and it seems impossible to love one another as God has ordained for you? What will you do with Easter when you are facing another situation with a rebellious child, and you feel as if there is no patient left in your life? What will you do with Easter when you lay in bed tonight, wondering how you will face tomorrow again? What will you do with Easter now that Easter is gone today? The Bible says our labor in the law is not in vain. The empty tomb is a reminder for us that Jesus Christ is alive. The empty tomb is to comfort us that everything will not end just on this side. That a day is coming when you and I, when the trumpet will sound, we break through the air. It doesn't matter where you were buried or where you will be buried or where you are alive or where you will be. Maybe you'll be in the air traveling to another country. If that sound of trumpet blast, you'll be cut off to meet with Lord in the air. The empty tomb is a reminder that the empty tomb gives me an assurance that there is hope in what I believed in. And so I'm not afraid to face this world because I know that Jesus is alive. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. As we take this communion this morning, I want you to reassure yourself of the victory that was won for you. Jesus was betrayed by those he loved the most. And you can even imagine that his father abandoned him on the cross. And he cried, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that didn't stop the prediction. That didn't stop the prophecy. That didn't stop his speech that he will rise the third day. And on the third day, Jesus was raised back to life. What you say to yourself is what will determine how your tomorrow will be. My prayer today is that this communion will forever transform your life that you will never be an ordinary person anymore. It doesn't matter what you are going through right now. What matters most is what you say as you take this communion this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have the bread, I want you to begin to prophesy over that bread that this, if you have ever been sick that that last time you were sick will be the last time you will ever be sick again. You hear what pastor said today? That you tell yourself that it doesn't matter the best shot the enemy has. It's a matter of three days. You'll be up again. Father, I decree today that after this communion, no matter what the enemy will throw at me, I will rise again. I cannot be broke. I cannot be sick. My children will be the best that the society will ever have. There will be no premature death in my family and in this church. As we often say, oh God, that Father, it doesn't matter what has died. If anybody steps into Kingdom Light Church, their lives will never die. They will live 
to the glory of God our Father. Lord, I bless this bread this morning, O oh God, that every man, every child, every woman that will partake of this communion today, that they will live forever, just as Jesus is alive forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless this bread in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, you may eat. Jesus took the cup after the supper and he told his disciples, he said, this is my blood that will be poured out for you. He said, I want to remind you that every time you do this, you remember what I told you before I will leave to go and suffer. May this blood be an atonement for you and your family from this day henceforth in Jesus' name. I bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. My fate has found a rest in Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. It's offering time in the house. If you have your offering, stand to your feet. Let's give our offering today before we go. Amen. Glory be to God. It's Easter Sunday. Lift your offerings before God this Sunday morning. Whenever we give offering, we say this is our seed that we are planting. Is that right? That means what you are giving is not being buried. You're only planting it. By that understanding, Father, in the name of Jesus, every hand lifted with a seed this afternoon. I ask in the name of Jesus, let the mystery of resurrection happen to every seed. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, we give you praise, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, praise God. You may cast your seed. Hallelujah. Amen. What took Jesus down was the sin of humanity laid on him. All the sin of humanity was laid on him and yet when the third day was over, he still came out. It doesn't matter what has been laid on you. God says resurrection is coming for you. It doesn't matter what is being laid on you. Just know that you will rise. Stand to your feet as we close this afternoon. Hallelujah. Okay, we have the egg for the children in the back. Amen. Wow. Father, we thank you. Lift up your hands and bless God for this service today. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this Easter service. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you that we have access to the power. And let the power be seen in our lives beginning from now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God.